listening to the No Life Skills Podcast with your host, Ashlyn. My advice for other sex workers, don't do what I did. Giving you an inside look at the fascinating world of sex work. Yeah, a little bit awkward, but uh, informational, I guess. Connect with other professionals and allies of the industry. I was like, wow, this is easy money. Now, join the conversation while we share inspiring stories on the No Life Skills Podcast. Hello, everyone. It's Ashlyn from the future here. I'm just editing this episode. This episode is going to be a little bit different because I've broken it up into two parts. The first part will be the interview conversation with my friend Alana about working in the studio and like transitioning and stuff like that. And then that part ended up being a little bit short. So I've compiled another episode where I talk about like gross escorting stories. So if you want to hear about all the gross shit that I've encountered, make sure to listen to the end of the episode. So anyways, thanks for listening and hope you enjoy. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of No Life Skills. This week, my good friend Alana Thomas is joining us to talk about transitioning from the studio to working independently. Alana and I met a couple years ago at a studio in Edmonton. She is an animal lover, appliance addict, and is one of the most funny and genuine people I know in the business. Would you like to introduce yourself, Alana? Hi, everyone. I'm Alana. How'd you come up with the name Alana Thomas? Um, it's a funny story. So I actually really enjoy this one porn star named Lana Rhodes. And I wanted to do a little play on her name because there was already quite a few um, Lanas in the industry when I started. So I just put an A in front of it and called myself Alana. Wow. I love Lana Rhodes, too. That's amazing. <laughs> She's like so hot. <laughs> so tell us, how, how did you get into sex work? Did you know anybody doing it? Did you start in the studios? Um, I had a couple of friends that were actually doing it independently, but they are and were doing it very wrong and putting themselves in very dangerous situations. So I decided that I would go to a studio and learn how to properly work in the sex work trade instead of just like throwing myself out on Leo's list and just hoping for the best. So yeah, that's kind of how I got started. Could you give us an example of the wrong way to do things? Um, one of the things that they told me was that it, it was okay to do drugs with your clients if you wanted. And I don't do drugs, so I thought that was a little bit fucked up. And then another thing that they told me was if you are with a client and they leave the room and it sounds like they're smoking a bong, but you don't smell weed, they're actually smoking crack and you should leave. So after they told me that, I was like, no, there has to be a better way of doing that because I don't really want to be around crackheads, you know? <laughs> this is a crack-free zone here. <laughs> oh, my God. Wow, that's crazy. I would say that's maybe not the way I would do things either. <laughs> man. So yeah, like I said before, we're going to be speaking about working in studios and transitioning to working independently. So just a little introduction on the studios. Canada, it's legal to sell sex and illegal to buy sex. So studios actually operate legally in Edmonton with a business license, just like any other business would. The laws vary between cities, so not every city in Canada is able to operate brothels. So currently in Edmonton, there's between 30 and 40 studios, I believe. And for example, uh, if you were to go to Calgary, I think there's only maybe two studios down there and those studios were grandfathered in because of changing laws in Calgary. So yeah, Edmonton has a lot more. To be able to work at a studio legally, you need to get a body rub license through the city of Edmonton. This requires you to do a one-time information course put on by the city and then get a yearly police clearance to be able to renew your license. And technically, anybody working in a studio is an independent contractor, not an employee. So things like benefits or health insurance aren't available to us. 
So in Edmonton specifically, there was a push to actually close down Body Rub Studios recently. And Alana and I attended a city council meeting on this topic last year. The basis was that old men think they know best and wanted to shut them down to keep women safe. This would actually do the opposite by pushing vulnerable workers more underground, making them turn to possibly unsafe working environments. Sex work is the oldest profession in the world. Sex workers will always find a way to work. So shutting down studios just makes things more dangerous. And in my experience working in studios, I've met some very vulnerable women. And if they were to close down, these women would not know how to work independently safely. Also, trafficking does happen. There is actually a team of police called Vice in Edmonton who deal with human trafficking. Studios, especially Asian ones, have been a major source of human trafficking. And if you close down the studios, it will be harder to find trafficked women. It's like when the FBI shut down Backpage in the States, the police started coming out and saying that they were having a harder time finding human trafficking victims. Duh, what did you think would happen? So do you have anything to add about the city council meeting? Do you think that closing down studios would benefit everybody or do you agree that it would make things more unsafe? I don't think that it would really benefit anyone at all, really, because men are still going to go out and buy sex and women are still going to sell it. But like you said, they're going to go in probably more dangerous routes of doing it, especially if they don't know how to work independently. And I feel like a lot of women would also turn to like doing things like car dates and stuff, which is also very dangerous. Yeah, no, I think studios are a good thing. Yeah, like when I worked in studios, I met girls who did work with pimps until they got into the studio because they just didn't know what they were doing. And I think girls that don't know what they're doing, if studios shut down, they would be more likely to go work with pimps because they just don't have a clue. So at least somebody is helping them. But you know, that's wrong. And so the safety in studios. So in the studios that I've worked in, there's been cameras in the entrances and in the hallways and most have a locked door. So you would enter through the entrance and then there's a second locked door and then someone would go greet you. Not always, but that's been my experience. And because of the bylaws within Edmonton, Body Rub Studios are only allowed to operate from 7 a.m. to 11 p.m. They used to be 24 hours and that changed uh, a number of years ago. No one is allowed to work alone, so you're always working with other women. Alana, tell us, what's it like working in a studio? What's it like for clients? Give us give us the rundown of what happens when they arrive. Um, at the studio that I worked at, clients would be greeted at the door. And since it's corona now, they would have to put on some hand sanitizer and whatnot. And then they'd be put into a separate room, I guess. And then the girls would go in one by one and kind of introduce themselves. And at the end of the greetings, um, the receptionist would come back in and then the client would pick and then they would go, then they would go into a room and then kind of discuss, you know, prices and all that. Yeah. I do think that working at a studio was nice in that sense because you didn't really have to advertise a whole lot. Um, clients kind of just walked in and out as they pleased. But what what are the rooms like in the studios? So the, the two studios that I worked at, the rooms were actually very, very clean. They're very upkept and like the, the beds were very comfortable. It wasn't like one of those. It's not like what you would imagine, like a super dingy studio to be like, like have a little massage bed and then like super dirty floors. The two studios that I worked at were very, very well maintained and very clean. And I feel like the clients really appreciated that because no one wants to come into a dirty atmosphere. Yeah. And there's like showers in the room with sinks normally, uh, clean linens, like towel warmers, stuff like that. I've worked at studios and they were not well maintained. Unfortunately, they were absolutely fucking disgusting. And there was like no cleaning schedule. So the place didn't get deep cleaned properly. Like it was just, uh, it was... Yeah. I mean, don't be scared, but it was, mm, 
not my favorite. Also at those studios, uh, you can either walk in and meet all the girls or you're able to pre-book an appointment just like you would with an independent escort. And then, Elena, do you want to tell us about how much it costs to work at a studio? Because everyone does pay to work at a studio. I guess that it really depends on what studio you're working at. Some studios, I've heard it would be about $40 per client that you'd have to pay out to the house. The first studio that I worked at was $60 to the house. And then if you did your own cleaning, then you didn't have to pay the receptionist to clean. But if you did want her to clean, it was $10. The previous studio I worked at was a little bit more pricey. So it was about $60 to the house, which is fairly normal. And then you had to pay $30 on your first client for the receptionist to clean. And then $10 after that to the receptionist to clean. So about $70 per client, but the first one was $100. So it's $100 then 70, 70, 70. So quite expensive. Holy crap. (laughs) The first place I worked, the shift fee was $40 and then the room fee was $40. So there would be three shifts per day if you worked all day or whatever. So if you only worked one shift, you'd pay $40 plus another 40 on your first client and then 40 afterwards. So yeah, it just depends, but it can get very pricey. So what are some of the pros that you would say are to working in a studio? One of the biggest pros I think would probably be the safety. You have a ton of people there, normally other girls on shift or sometimes a manager as well. Um, So if anything does happen in the rooms or anything, you'll always have someone there to come like bail you out and help you out. Or if you didn't want to deal with a certain client because he was pushy or he was rude, you could always depend on either the receptionist or other girls to kind of help you figure out a way to tell him to leave or figure out a way to kind of like alleviate the situation. Yeah, I agree. Definitely working with other people is very beneficial and there's like sometimes a camaraderie with other girls there and I've made a lot of good friends at studios. I think another pro for a lot of people is having shifts and like a set schedule just like any other jobs. I find working independently I'm on my own schedule constantly so when I worked at studios it was nice to like have somewhere to be at a certain time every day and then get to go home and have a work-life balance. And then Alana touched on this earlier but the studios usually do their own advertising for you. Even though they do that I do find it's helpful to advertise yourself on top of that if you're not as busy as you want to be. And then I also started and studios when I first started in the business. And so doing that, I'm very happy that I chose to do that because like Alana said, I got to learn the right way to do things. Now, what about the cons? I think the cons really could be like you do make friends in the studios, but all, but obviously a bunch of women together, sometimes it can get very catty. Um, I've seen firsthand girls make fake accounts of other girls and like try to like fuck with other people's relationships and stuff like that. Like it can get very catty and I've heard horrible things about like people actually getting like beat up and like their tires slashed by other girls. So that could be a huge con, which is kind of why I kind of like to stay in my own little bubble because like no one's got time for that. (laughs) Yikes. Yeah. No one's trying to get their tires slashed. Uh, Yeah. One of the cons, I know we talked about this already, but yeah, it can be very, very, very expensive. Like if you think about it, if you see even at the one studio, two clients on one shift, that's $170. Like that's a nice hotel room in Edmonton. And if you're busier than that, like that's a lot of money that's paying out of your pocket at the end of the month. And then sometimes the walk-in traffic isn't steady. You know, you could have one person walk in for the entire shift and they might not even stay with anybody. Another thing that I experienced at studios is the constant bartering. Like guys would come in and it'd just be for months. I remember every single client that seemed to walk in would just barter all the time. Like, sir, if you're bartering over $20, you don't need to be seeing hookers. You need a financial advisor if you're going to argue with me over $20. And then there is another thing that these guys would like wait for shift change because they thought new girls would be coming in. And so these guys, if I was working all day, like 7 a.m. to 11 p.m., 
these guys would come in on every single shift. Like, do you have nothing better to do? Do you not have a job? Maybe not. Maybe that's why you're trying to save $20. Like, I just, it's just fucking weird. Oh, and then a big one for me is why I quit the studios was Customer Appreciation Day. At the place that I used to work, Customer Appreciation Day, I think it started, like, it was a once a month thing. And what it was, it was you get half an hour for 120 bucks and the house takes 20. So you're walking out of there with $100 for a half an hour client. Now that brought a lot of traffic to the studio, but the problem was when it became a twice a month thing, people would just come in and ask when the next customer appreciation day was because they didn't think you were worth the, I don't know, $200 for a half an hour. So it was just constant bartering, constant people coming in, not staying, just wanting to like see you on customer appreciation day because they wanted to try you out. And like, it was just horrible. Like I've seen girls see 20 guys in one day on those days and you're making two grand. Okay. Like to me, I'm not trying to fuck 20 guys in one day. 17 is the max. Alana, so tell me, why do you want to transition from working in the studios and go more independent? Really, the main reason for me was I'm in college right now. So I wanted to focus more on my studies. Um, At the place that I was working at, you had to commit yourself four days a week to taking shifts, which honestly isn't that much if you compare it to other people's jobs. Most people work five, six days a week. Um, But it was just really hard for me to keep up with my studies and stuff. So this way, now that I'm independent, I can make my own hours. I can plan my appointments around my schooling. So school does come first. And, you know, I just wanted a change of atmosphere. I've, I've been in the studio for two years and I just wanted to try something, try something something new, you know? Yeah. And for me, when I was transitioning a couple of years ago now, uh, I noticed business was slowing down be- Yeah, because of the customer appreciation day stuff that was going on. So it just like, it pretty much wasn't even worth it to go there any other day because people were so fucking cheap. And then I started going out of town and making a lot of more money than I did at the studios. And once I started working independently more, I realized that most of my good clients actually prefer to see me outside of the studio. And I also found just the clientele that the studio was attracting, like the guys that would walk in and barter. It was just really wearing on me. And like just dealing with cheap and disrespectful people all day at work is very taxing on me. So I just, yeah, I couldn't handle it. And like, yeah, now I deal with people over text, but it's not nearly as bad as people bartering with you every single day to your face. So Alana, I know you had some fears about the transition. Do you want to talk about that? Like what were your concerns? My biggest problem was I watched way too many Dateline NBC <laughs> shows. So I, for a long time, I was convinced that I was just going to get killed and chopped up to a million pieces. <laughs> but I got, yeah, <laughs> but I got over those fears because now I know how to properly screen clients and screening is just something that I feel like most or if not all people should do just for their own safety if they're uncomfortable. So yeah, I just learned how to screen clients and I kind of got over that that fear. And in the first month of me working, I was very surprised to see that none of those clients were really like serial killers at all. And they're all very, very nice. Yeah, it was just it was just a mental thing for me. I just had to get over being afraid of things that probably wouldn't happen. Yeah, and it is scary. And I totally understand those fears. And you're, you know, working with other, you're working in a shared in-call space. So you're not alone. Well, Lana's not alone. So, and you have people supporting you and helping you if you ever had problems as well. So are you, do you like it better now? Like, that you've been doing it for about a month or so? Like, how how are you finding it? I've really been liking it. I really do enjoy being able to book my own times and like focusing on school, like I said. Um, Yeah, I really do enjoy it, but I will be returning to the studios just here and there, just so I can still be around other people. Because I do find when you are independent, well, I found so far, is that you do get kind of lonely. You don't really hang out with anyone except clients. And, you know, sometimes even though those girls can be crazy, you do want to hang around other females and just like make new friends. Especially now with COVID and stuff, it's very hard to 
go out and meet people. So yeah. Yeah, I, w- I would agree. Yeah, being around other people would be nice. <laughs> Times are tough these days. I mean, not that your clients aren't uh, great, but <laughs> I need I need other people around too sometimes. So now I'll talk about some tips for transitioning. So basically, I don't think you have to do it all at once. I think if you want to keep some shifts at the studio and then see some people on your own time, you know, see how it goes. You don't have to give up everything all at once. And I think a lot of girls do that. They do both. They do studio work and they work independently and they do that for years. I know there's some studios that will look on the advertising websites and if you're working independently and working at their studio, they will fire you. So I think that's very interesting and invasive. I don't agree with that. And if you don't like something, you can always change your mind and go back. If you don't like working independently, there's so many studios, you know, as long as you don't fuck around and get a bad reputation. I'm sure you can always go back. And then what I did, I just talked to my clients and told them that I was planning on leaving and asked them if they would see me outside the studio. And another thing that a lot of girls do is share an in-call. So you're still around other women and you still have like a group environment and you don't have to pay for it all yourself either, which is nice. Do you have any other tips, Alana? Um, My only other tip would just be if you have the resources available, just ask other girls what their experiences are or anything like that. Because it's always nice to learn from other people's experiences. I mean, I've asked Ashlyn a whole bunch of questions. And honestly, that's why I've learned a lot of my um, ways to screen, like things to look out for as far as clients go and just bring my confidence back up because sometimes it does get very lonely. And it's always good to kind of lean on the community for a little bit of uh, support. Yeah. Like someone's always willing to help, I think, especially if you have friends in the business. Like I'm willing to help people who I think appreciate it. <laughs> now I'm wondering, Alana, do you have any crazy stories from the studio? Because I've got many, but I want you to go first. Honestly, not really. I don't have any super crazy stories. Um, I think the only craziest story was people come into the studio and misinterpret it for something like a regular massage place. Or this one time, this guy came in thinking that it was like, gen- like genuinely thought that it was like a vitamin store because the name of the place makes it seem like we sell like health goods there and stuff. And he came in and he was trying to sell beef jerky. So I thought that was very interesting. He was very confused when we came in in our lingerie and he's just innocently trying to sell beef jerky. But yeah, that was a good day for me. I got all the beef jerky. Yeah. So you bought the beef jerky? Oh yeah. Bought the beef jerky. <laughs> <laughs> those those meat sticks. That's great. <laughs> that's the only crazy story you have? Yeah. Honestly, like it was, it was pretty straightforward and it was pretty, um, I don't know, nothing super crazy other than that. Oh my God. Well, bless your heart. Because if you worked at the place I used to work at, Jesus Christ, I think I don't think you would have made it this long in the business, honestly. I think you would have shit your pants and left by now. Oh, man. So, yeah, there was a time this guy came in and, I don't know, he's being weird. He met all the girls. This one girl was, like, doing, I think she's doing fentanyl. Love that for her. Love that. So this guy, used like, calls the studio constantly, and I never thought he actually showed his face. But turns out this guy called all the time, wasted our time. For, for years, I knew who this guy was. He finally came in, we saw his face, and then this girl who was on fentanyl was like yelling at him and like being rude to him, basically. So anyways, this guy ends up leaving. And then later in the evening, I like go out to my car and I was parked out back and I see that all of us have our tires slashed. So that's lovely. We called the cops. Luckily at the time, only one of my tires was slashed. So I just got my boyfriend at the time to come change it, but no one else could drive their vehicles. Love that. So thank you. Yeah, got my tire slashed by an angry client one time. Another time, this guy came in with a gun in his back pocket and told us he just wanted to shower. 
So we didn't argue. So we just let this guy shower. We're like, uh, what do we do? Uh, nobody called the cops. We're just like, eh, all right, I guess the guy, he's got problems. He needs a shower. And so this guy showers and then he leaves and we go in there and he's left uh, cigarette butts and like 25 cents in the shower for us. So thank you. Uh, there was also somebody who used to work at the studio with me. She would get drunk every single night, pass out on the couch, and I would have to steal her keys and drive her home. So love that. A lot of that going on at the studio, unfortunately, where I work. I also used to see two homeless guys fucking each other in the ass behind a dumpster. Love that. Uh, we also used to sit out back and like smoke cigarettes and I didn't smoke, but so we'd be sitting out there and these guys owned like a restaurant, wink, wink. It was a restaurant, but it was like front for a drug place. So these guys would come up to us and I was like 18, 19 at the time. And he'd try and give me a cocoa puff. I don't know if you know what that is, but it's a cigarette or a joint or something with crack in it. So I luckily I said no to the cocoa puff. <laughs> but yes, people were trying to sell me drugs outside the back of that fucking studio. I got this girl a job one time at the studio and she totally abused that and made me look so bad because she would go to the liquor store next door in her lingerie she would also leave out the back to go do car dates because she didn't want to pay the $40 room fee. So then I just looked like an idiot for getting this girl a job. So that was fun. Oh, and then there was a time that this girl broke into the studio at night and stole the safe or broke into the safe. So then that morning I had to talk to the cops and stuff because I was like, what the hell? I was opening the next morning and something wasn't right. And then we saw on the cameras this like crazy person with a mask was in and with like a crowbar thing or I don't know what the hell to break into the safe. So that's fun. And you know, I'm sure there's so many more, but you'll just have to stay tuned for when my book comes out. Is there anything else you'd like to add, Alana? No, I feel pretty confident. Like we covered a lot of things and hopefully this was educational and entertaining for everyone that was listening. Do you want to plug yourself? How can they find you? Oh yeah, you can find me on Twitter at date underscore Alana. So yeah, that's again, date underscore Alana. You can follow me on Twitter and uh, see my titties if you want here and there. Yes. Everyone go look at her titties. So thanks for listening. And yeah, like Alana said, her website is datealana.com and all of her links will be linked down below. You can find me on Twitter at Adore Ashlyn or at No Life Skill. I post episodes early on my OnlyFans, which is moreashlyn.com on Mondays. And new episodes are available every week, everywhere you listen to podcasts on Wednesday. See you next time. Hey everybody, thanks for tuning in to another episode of No Life Skills. I'm Ashlyn and I'm flying solo this week. And the topic for this episode is all the gross things that I have encountered during my time escorting. And there's a lot, so I won't tell you everything, but I've got a few good ones here. Because if I told you everything, we'd be here for days. This is just a warning that if you're uh, eating something or drinking something, you might not want to do that. And if you want to hear more about makeup sponges, pubes, blood, and poop, well, stay tuned and listen to the rest of the episode. All right, so I'm going to let you in on a little industry secret because I have many stories involving makeup sponges. And for any other sex worker listening, you probably know what this is about. But contrary to what a lot of men think, escorts or strippers or whoever don't take time off for their periods normally. We usually work through them because who's trying to take a week off out of every single month? Like that's way too much time off. So I was made aware of this uh, shortly after I started working at the Rub and Tug many years ago. So I just remember it was like my first month working there and I got my period. And so I text my boss and I was like, oh, no, I can't come into work because I got my period. And she laughed at me. She's like, oh, please just go buy some makeup sponges. You'll be fine. 
(laughs) So I did that. And I must have had a client with a big dick or a bigger than average dick because I shoved up one of those makeup sponges and saw the client and I could not get this thing out. Like, I thought I was going to die from toxic shock syndrome. I think at that point I hadn't uh, started getting the long, the very long nails, which is, that's a tip. If you ever get your sponge stuck, just get long nails so you can fish it out. But yeah, this, it ended up getting stuck. So I'm like trying to squat down, trying to push it out. I'm like, oh my God, I'm so embarrassed. I'm going to have to go to the hospital. I'm going to have to go to the doctor. This is so embarrassing. What am I going to do? I think I tried for like, I think it was in there for like a day, which is really not good. Like, because I was like too embarrassed to do anything about it. So I ended up telling my boss. So basically, I worked at this rub and tug for less than a month. And my boss had to put her whole hand up my vagina to fish out this bloody makeup sponge. So like, that's that's fun. Let's see. And then. Speaking of sponges. This other girl was having a bunch of air, uh, issues with her downstairs. And she's having issues for like over a month. Like hella BV, bacterial vaginosis. Um, a, yeah, a lot of smell, a lot of discomfort. And this is someone else that worked at the Rub and Tug. So she finally goes to the doctor and gets checked out. And turns out she had a sponge inside of her for over a month. How this girl did not like get toxic shock syndrome and die, I have no idea. But thank you, hooker gods, because my God, that is horrible. Like, if I'm putting a sponge up there, I take it out immediately after I am done with it. I don't leave that shit in there. Like, that stuff is not supposed to be inside you like that, right? So at least, uh, at least that girl finally figured it out. So that's pretty gross. Oh, and speaking of uh, BV, another common thing that I experienced at the Rub and Tug uh, when I first started working there, some girl had extremely bad BV. And so if she was like having a session with a client, we all could smell her like in the staff room. And like even if she was in the room at the end of the hallway, we could smell her. We could smell it in the hallway. Like it was so bad that. I couldn't even use the room after her. And like, I don't know how she thought this was okay. Like, like that's a problem. Like you got to go get your shit checked out. And, you know, I'm not trying to shame anybody or whatever, but like, that's a health issue. You know, like you got to take care of yourself in this business. You can't just be throwing your fishy pussy at everyone. Like that's just, it's not good. Uh, Something else gross that happens uh, very often the elusive pube stuck in your teeth or throat. Yeah, that, that happens to me a lot, actually. And there's no better feeling than when you finally get the pube out of your throat that's been in there for hours. <laughs> Ooh, another thing that I've encountered during my time at the Rub and Tug, there was this man, and he was super old. And I had only seen him, like, one time, I think. I don't think I saw him more than that. But he was a studio regular, so everybody knew who he was. And so I guess when I was new, it was my turn to, to get a, a round in with this guy. And I won't say, I won't say anyone's name. And so this man, I see him. And then at the end of the session, I start the shower because, you know, shower after whatever. And I leave for a few minutes and I think I come back and say goodbye to him. And this guy is out the door on his way. And then I go to clean the room. And guess what I found 
in the shower. A turd. This man shit in the shower. What kind of a grown man shits in the shower, doesn't notice, and then leaves it there for the freaking hooker to clean up? Like, I'm sorry, old man, but that is way above my pay grade. Like, and I'm, I can't remember, but I'm pretty sure more than one person has shit in my shower. I don't think that's the only time that has happened, but that was the only time at the rub and tug that someone shit in the shower. I'm pretty sure. Love that. So reason number 52, why did we become a hooker? You can clean up grown men's shit in the shower. So thank you to that guy. Ah, and then there was a day I was, I won't even say what city I was visiting, but I was on tour. So I was staying in a hotel and I had a busy day. So I was, yeah, working pretty much morning to evening, you know, my 17 a day clients minimum, right? So got to hit that quota. So I think like the first, the first guy I saw shit on my bed. Okay. And you know, we did a little ass play, whatever. Shit happens. It's all good. You you want to play in the, in the playground, you might get a little dirty. It's fine. Okay. It wasn't like a turd or anything, but yeah, there was shit on my bed and I think this was my last day in this town, so I was going to be leaving the next morning anyway. So I'm like, okay, just deal with it. Just, okay, I got a busy day. I'll flip over the comforter. It's all good. No one will notice. It's fine. And then, so the day goes on, whatever. I see my 17 other clients, and then some other guy comes to see me. Oh, my gosh. I wasn't sure if the room smelled like B.O., if it was me, if it was him. I'm not sure. This guy walks in. Something ain't right. I immediately wish I brought Vicks Vapor Rub to put in my nose so that I couldn't smell the stench. So then he goes to have a shower and then I figure out, okay, it's him. And, you know, that's just something that that we encounter in this business. Not everyone's going to smell like daisies. But this guy smelled even after he had a shower. And I think he was in the shower for like 10 minutes. And something very strange Uh, this guy came out of the shower and he's like, Hey, do you mind if I keep my socks on? And I was like, what do you mean? He's like, well, my feet are really gross. So I want to keep my socks on. And I thought this was like a fetish thing. And I'm like, okay, that's kind of weird to ask, but yeah, you can put your socks back on after the shower, like whatever, fine. And then, you know, he comes on the bed and, uh, this man, yeah, the shower did not help this man. I don't know what could, but then it was very clear to me that this man had just extremely poor hygiene in general, especially because he didn't want me to even see his feet. And I am not a foot person. I've got nearly a foot phobia, actually. So I don't even want to know what this guy's feet look like. And mind you, this is pretty late at night. And so, but I think I have one client after him to go or something. So I'm just trying to get through it. And, you know, nice guy, fine, just really lacking on the hygiene department like severely lacking. Like it, it was a very hard, very long session for me to get through. But anyways, because I'm a hero, I made it through. This guy gets up to go take another shower. And what do I notice on the bed? More shit. So this was the second person that shit on my bed in the same day. And at this point, I had already flipped over the comforter. So I only got so much, I, I can't flip it over again. There's shit on both sides of my comforter you guys. And then this guy smelt so bad. He had his armpits all over my pillows and stuff too. And I had a king bed in this room. This is the issue. I had a king bed. So there was nowhere for me to go. 
So I didn't have like a two, a room with two queens. I had one king bed. So this guy showers and he leaves and I just cry. I cry. I was supposed to see somebody shortly after this guy. This was my 18th client, actually. I just couldn't. I was so upset. The room smelled so bad. I couldn't even air it out. I didn't know what to do. The candle was not cutting through the stench. I had shit on both sides of my bed. I usually bring my own pillow and like stash it in the closet so nobody puts their armpits on it. But even then, all of the pillows on the bed that I had left were disgusting, stinky, disgusting. And at this point, it was like probably 10, 10 o'clock at night, which is very late for me. And I think I was going to, tr- yeah, I was going to try and squeeze one more person in, but I had to cancel that guy. And I think I had to cancel another appointment for the morning. And, you know, I could have just gotten new sheets, but I was so embarrassed and so upset and exhausted and disgusted that two grown men shit on my bed on the same day. I just, I had to leave. And you want to know the best part? The best part is that I've never had a hotel keep my uh, like room deposit. This hotel kept my freaking $250 deposit because I'm pretty sure they found the shit on the bed too. And like, what am I even supposed to do? I That was my favorite hotel. I can't go back to that hotel now. And so I, yeah, I leave this hotel like 11 o'clock at night. And this is late. I go to bed very early usually. So I, and I drive home and it's a multi-hour drive to get home. I just had to get home. I was, I was just, oh, I can't even tell you. I was so upset. You know, I can handle someone shitting on my bed. That's happened so many times. Okay. I'm not trying to poop shame anybody. If we're playing with your ass, it might happen. Okay. It's fine. It's fine. Shit happens. But if I'm not even playing with your ass and you shit on my bed, that's what I cannot deal with. Okay. I cannot. So please stop shitting on my bed, men. Driving me into early retirement here. Ah, so speaking of shitting on beds, this is another great one. So I was on tour another time in a different province, actually. See this guy and really nice guy, fun guy, whatever, had had a good time. Same thing. Session's over. He gets up to go have a shower and there's a giant skid mark on my bed. Giant. And I'm pretty sure I just checked into the hotel. So he was my first client of the evening. So I had 16 more clients to go. So I'm like, oh, my God, we're off to a great start. And, you know, I'm not trying to make anybody feel bad about pooping on my bed, okay? So I'm trying to, like, cover it, put, like, a towel there so he doesn't notice that he shit on my bed because I don't want him to feel bad because that's just the kind of person I am, (laughs) believe it or not. So this guy has a shower, whatever, he leaves, and I'm like, okay, great, I'll just, I'll ask for another blanket. So it's fine. I get over that one. This guy wants to see me again the next morning. So I'm like, okay, fine, sure. Because otherwise, nice guy, just shit on my bed. So this man comes to see me the next morning. He doesn't shit on my bed. He bleeds on my bed. And I don't even know where the blood was coming from. I don't think it was from his ass, but all I know is that there was blood. And thank the hooker gods that I was also checking out that morning. Because first this man shits on my bed. Then he comes back the next day and bleeds on my bed. Like, I I don't know who's raising these people, but, like, it's just not okay. It's just not okay. Oh, let's see here. Here's a pro tip for uh, any other escorts or anybody, actually, if you have to deal with somebody that doesn't smell very nice. Just put Vicks Vapor Rub up your nose and you won't be able to smell a damn thing. Okay? That's my uh, life pro tip. So, there you go. 
Ooh, this is a good one. Okay, this is another story from the rub and tug back in the day. So this guy comes in and I remember it was the end of my shift. So I was about to go home and he's like, please, please, I want to see you. Like, I don't even want to have sex. I'll pay you. I think he paid me like 140 bucks for like half an hour, which for now, now that's a little bit cheap for me. But back then I was like, okay, fine, whatever. This guy had a foot fetish. So basically he just wanted to lick my feet and kiss my feet for half an hour. So I'm like, okay, whatever. I've never done this before. Sure. Let's, let's try. What could go wrong? (laughs) So I go into the room and I put on these like cheap heels that I bought from forever 21. And this guy's like all about it. And so both of, we both have our clothes on, by the way, our clothes do not come off the whole time. So, cause he just, he's just into the feet. So I'm laying there, he's kissing my feet. He's telling me that I am the foot fetish supermodel and he's going to see me every week. He loves my feet so much. Wow, I have incredible feet, apparently, this guy thought. Foot fetish supermodel. That's my going to be my new brand. Anyways, so this guy's kissing my feet, licking my feet. I'm, you know, I'm getting through it. It's fine. Feet aren't my thing. I've, I've come to find out. But fine, you know, I can get through it. And then this guy... I don't know, I probably 20, 20 minutes had gone by and he stands up and he's like, all right, I'm done. Thank you. And I was like, that's it. He's like, yep. This guy reaches into his pants, pulls out a washcloth that he took that was in the room and hands it to me. He's like, there you go. So this guy came in his pants from licking my feet and then he didn't even touch himself. You guys, he just came in his pants, pulled out the washcloth and gave it to me like a gift, a present. Best gift I've ever gotten in this industry. I still have that cum rig. So that's kind of, you know, that's, I mean, not really gross. I'm not trying to shame anybody who's got a foot fetish, but I think that's kind of a funny story. That's uh, definitely something I haven't encountered in my uh, personal life. So, ooh, another good one. So me and my girlfriend, we're in this small town, northern Alberta somewhere. And this guy texts us, he wants an out call and he wants a duo. And so normally I don't really do out calls, but because he wanted the duo and I was with my girlfriend, we're like, fine, let's go. So we go to this guy's house, whatever, seems normal, seems fine, nice guy, younger guy. And we go to his bed. And so I think we we're giving him a massage. And I look over and there's just blood all over his comforter. Like not a little bit of blood, like a lot of blood, like a shitload of blood. And so this guy's face down and me and my girlfriend are like kind of looking at each other. And we're like, what the hell? Like, what do we do? Do we say something? Like, I don't think it was wet blood, but like it was mostly dry. <laughs> so we're yeah we're giving him a massage and I'm just like what in the hell is wrong with these men you're gonna invite two hookers to your house with blood all over the comforter like it's very bizarre to me so anyways we finish the session whatever fine this guy says nothing about the blood like doesn't even so much as take a glance at it and I'm just trying to like not touch someone else's blood, even though it was all over their bed. And uh, so it turns out this guy really liked me, apparently. So I went back, I think the next day or the same day, something like that, to see him for a quickie or something. Fine, whatever. Come to find out, he's like, yeah, like I was partying a lot last night and my buddy like had a nosebleed all over my bed. I'm like, okay, fine, but take the comforter off of your fucking bed before you have girls over. Like, that's so gross. Like, who raised these people, right? Like, okay, this next one, this next one's a bit of a doozy. And I just want to make it clear that I'm not kink shaming anybody here. Like, your thing is your thing, okay? It's, I'm just sharing my experiences. 
So I saw this guy, actually me and my girlfriend, we went to go see this guy. He got a hotel for us. Uh, we, he wanted to do an overnight and his thing, he, ha- he had a golden shower fetish. So if you don't know what a golden shower is, that's when you pee on somebody. So that's pretty much the only thing this guy was interested in. And it happened to be his birthday. And I, it's a long story. I might get into it another time with uh, my girlfriend who I'll invite on the podcast. But basically, this guy had a cake. And he wanted to put, I don't know, 30 candles on his cake. It was his 30th birthday. Fine. Great. And he's like, he looks at me. He's like, I want you to blow out that cake with your pussy. And I'm thinking, you want me to queef on your cake to blow out the candles? Like, I don't really think that's going to work. Like, I don't really understand what you're saying. He's like, no, like with your pussy. And I'm thinking, what is this guy saying? He wanted me to pee on the cake to blow out the candles, to get the candles out, you know? And so I'm like, okay, I knew this guy wanted the golden shower thing. Fine. Uh, Have I ever peed on a birthday cake before? No, this is the weirdest thing I think I've probably ever done. But okay, fine. Sure, I can try. So this guy, he's such a gentleman. He gets the jacuzzi room. So I'm peeing in a jacuzzi. He's holding the cake and he wants to like, he wants me and my girlfriend to sing happy birthday as I'm peeing on this cake for him to get to blow out the candles. So just imagine me and my girlfriend, she's just watching. This guy's holding the cake. I'm peeing on a cake and me and my girlfriend are singing happy birthday to this guy on his 30th birthday as I pee on his cake. Mm -hmm. So that's interesting. And then, you know, the evening goes on and uh, I think he was fucking one of us. I can't remember. And then he said something about the cake and uh, we were like, oh, like you're going to throw it out. He's and he looked at us like completely shocked because he uh, was like, I'm going to eat the cake. What do you mean? So this soggy fucking cake that I had peed all over that has just been sitting out for hours now with my pee on it. He was planning on eating it because he didn't want the cake to go to waste. Okay, fine. You know, I don't need to eat the cake. Do you? Do you, do you man? Do you? Okay. And then one, one more story here. Actually, uh, two. I've got a quick one after this. So... Again, I'm on the road. I'm on I'm on a tour. This guy books me. I uh, I think it was my first time seeing him. He comes in and, you know, I could smell a little bit of something, but I wasn't gagging. OK, so I asked this guy, I'm like, would you like to have a shower? That's just standard protocol. I ask pretty much everybody that unless I I know them and I know that they live five minutes away. So I asked this guy, I'm like, you want to have a shower before we get started? He's like, no, no, I'm good. I just I just showered. And so I'm like, all right, sure. For some reason, I didn't uh, push him to shower. Usually I would do that. I'd be like, well, it's not, I'm not asking. I'm telling you, actually. But for, for whatever reason, I let this guy off easy. So the session session gets started. We're, you know, doing our thing, whatever. And I think afterwards we were talking and he tells me he's a truck driver. And I was like, oh, so are you staying at one of the hotels then in town tonight if you're a truck driver? He's like, no, I sleep in my truck. And I'm like, oh, but you told me you just showered. And he's like, yeah, I showered this morning. You guys, this guy came to see me at like eight or nine o'clock at night. And he he told me he just showered. So that is not that is not what that means. Just showering means you literally got out of the shower. You're still dripping wet as you're on your way to see me. Okay, that's what just showered means. Not this morning after you've been sitting on your balls on your heat warmer or your seat warmer all day sweating up a storm like this guy uh, you know usually with people that when the clothes come off the stench gets worse okay and that's what happened 
And so I was very curious to how or when this man just showered. Was it an air shower? What, like, uh, anyway, so that's a tip for all the guys out there. Make sure you shower, please, for the love of Christ, because the cleaner you are, the dirtier I get, okay? I'm not going to be all over somebody who I am gagging at the stench of. Like, please, I will like you a lot more if you come clean with your balls washed, okay? And then something else gross that uh, I have encountered. I've I've had some guy come in my hair one time. Yeah, so that's gross. And I had just washed my hair and blow dried it just for this guy. And at the time I was uh, wearing my hair extensions, so I had a shitload of hair. And so it literally takes me two hours to do my hair. And so this, and then this guy came in my hair. It wasn't on purpose, but uh, he could have been a little more careful with the aim. And just to let you all know, I consider that a hate crime because that's fucking gross. I don't want come in my hair. And then I had to wash my hair again. That was like four hours of hair washing and doing that day. All right. Well, thank you for listening. I think that's all the stories I'm going to share with you today. Uh, If this ruined the fantasy for any of you, I'm not sorry, but this is reality. This is my reality. And this is why you're listening to this podcast. So if you made it this far, thank you so much for listening and I'll catch you next time. Thank you for listening to another episode of No Life Skills. Follow Ashlyn on social media at No Life Skill or at Adore Ashlyn. Be sure to like, comment, and hit that subscribe button. We'll see you on the next show.